We are approaching leftover season. Starts this month. We, at the end of this month, we'll have, oh, roughly a month's worth of leftover candy, which will then lead to about a month of leftover Thanksgiving, food, turkey, whatever. And then the ultimate leftover. The ultimate leftover is fruitcake. What to do with fruitcake? Because you can't eat it. Should you use it for a doorstop? Paperweight? Emergency foundation repair? Fire starter? What creative things can we do with fruitcake? Um, the reason I bring up leftovers is that we are going to pull out some leftovers uh, today. Uh, a few weeks ago, we, we went through a, a, a title and, and went through a, a, a lengthy expose on Christ as our shepherd and as our sanctuary. Uh, actually, two different sermons. And I, and I want to look again at uh, one of those passages um, that we, we looked at. And there's one title uh, for Christ that we didn't really uh, we didn't look at uh, extensively. Uh, we read through it, but we didn't really get to it. Uh, so I want to do that. And that is found in um, John chapter 10, verse 7. I do not know why that's there, but we got the old, my old background here. So, so Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Uh, well, uh, we talked about, and I don't want to re-preach the idea of Christ as the door. Um, or as uh, Christ as the shepherd. But there's a little bit more in that passage that we have to go through to look at Christ as my uh, door. So, um, the importance of the door. What is the importance of the door? And I apologize, I don't know how things got copied in incorrectly here. We're having some issues uh, in, the, in the computer here, but that's all right. We'll get it taken care of. This is a... Um, this is what a fold looked like. We talked extensively about the fold and how there were many sheep and, and, and many flocks and they would come in together. This is a rather small one. Now, this isn't a first century one. This is actually, I think, in England. Uh, but this is approximately uh, what it would have looked like. And when we talk about the importance of the door, and we, we go back and we look at that text and it said, you know, I, I'm the door. And we talked about the hireling and the hireling runs away. And there's one aspect that brings all of those things together. Um, and that is, uh, it, that text is not saying that Jesus is like a door. That, that's not the important thing here. In that time, uh, as we talked about, there, there were largely poor communities that had a, a shepherd set up like this one. So uh, doors and gates were not easy to come by. I mean, that took iron. Uh, and nail, even a simple thing like a nail. What goes? We just go down to the hardware store, right? Just, I need some stuff. And uh, uh, I think the other day I made five trips to Menards uh, to get the right stuff. Hey, we just do that at a, on a whim. You didn't just go get metal. Right? Metal, you had to have ore. Okay? Then you had to have stuff to smelt your ore. You had to charcoal. Charcoal wasn't easy to come by. It, stuff was hard. 
Uh, go back and look at what the, what the um, Roman Empire went through to, to make this stuff. And why it was brutal to live underneath the Roman Empire was because they needed iron. They were the Iron Empire. And, and people had to work hard to produce iron. So shepherds didn't have access to iron. They weren't making these wonderful hard gates. As you see here, a sheepfold was made with a doorway. And quite literally, the shepherd was the door. The sheep came in and he sat down. He slept there. No one goes in except through the head shepherd. Jesus says, I am the door of the sheep. Now, I'm not like a door. I am the door. And you can see why. If a wolf wanted to get to you, and you were a hireling, you might run. Have at the sheep. I'm out of here. I'm kind of defenseless here, trying to hold these sheep in, and i got a wolf here. I'm out of here. I've got no vested interest. And, and, and this one detail brings so much about the what we already learned, but we want to talk specifically about Christ as the door. The shepherd had to sit in that gap. And sleeping, sitting up all night. Not fun. But it signifies several things. Uh, first of all, um, there is one way in. One way in, one way up. Now, I want to look at this from the perspective of the sheep. Um, you know, if you look at this, there's a million places you can be lost at. You can be anywhere imaginable as a sheep, but there is only one place you can be if you're going in. Right? Especially for sheep. Sheep have the innate ability like children, to be in all the wrong places. Right? They could be in all the wrong places. You know, imagine your kids. You're like, this, the little they are, like, you just think, what are they doing right now? Because I'm not watching them. They can be in all the wrong places. But the right place is so hard to find. The right way. The right place. And as the sheep, they can be very, very close and yet, not even find it. Uh, Acts chapter 17, verse 22, verse, uh, through verse 31. And I, I just have one verse up here. But I want to read the entire passage. He says, So Paul stood in the middle of the Areopagus, and he said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in... Every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and I observed your objects of worship, I found an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. Therefore, what you worship as unknown, that's what I'm proclaiming to you, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man and he's not served by human hands as though he needed something, since he himself gives to mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man 
every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined their times and boundaries of their dwelling, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way towards Him and find Him. Yet He is actually not far from each of us. For in Him we live and we move and we have our being, and as some of your own poets have said, we indeed are His offspring. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone or any image formed by the art or imagination of man. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but he now commands all men everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising them from the dead. And so, so there's such a deep passage, and we're not going to go in great detail, but he talks about this one man. He's going to judge it by this one man. And this is Christ. This is the way in. He says, we're not far from him. We all grope for him like we're groping in darkness. I don't know if you've ever gotten up in the middle of the night and you, you want to, you, I don't know, you go to the bathroom or you need to drink water, you're doing something, and you're going to do this without turning on the light. Right? So, so this is exercise in futility where you're like, I know the door. All I need is one thing I recognize. I just, one, nope, that, that's smooth, that's not the door. Where is it? And you just, you're so close. Right? You find the breakdown, okay, now I'm doing this, looking for the light switch. Right? You're so close. You're in the right room. I mean, you're so close. And yet so far. And that's what he says. You grope for him like you're in the darkness and he's not really that far from you. He's, he's really close. Like the sheep. You can be so close. You could be on the back side of that fold and you might as well be a million miles away. Never going to find it. Not accidentally. This warning from Paul is every bit as valid today as it was valid then. We live so close to the truth. People are so close. We have ideas and philosophies. And some of them are very noble. But God is quite adamant about the standards that he expects. But this is not just true for sheep. This is true for shepherds. That's why he went. But there is, uh, I thought there's one shepherd. Then you say there's one shepherd. What are you talking about multiple shepherds? Why don't you go back to that illustration? A little leftovers. Remember, different ones come in. There's, there's different folds within this one thing. And there's an illustration in here. There is one grand shepherd. That is true. And yet, the scriptures are quite clear that, that many operate underneath the one shepherd. We have elders. They're called shepherds, right? But even in a more general way than that, anybody who leads sheep, anyone who influences sheep, in a sense, is a shepherd. Those shepherds had to go through, as they called them, the porter, in some translations, the head shepherd. You're going to take sheep out of here? You're going to go through the 
head shepherd, if he doesn't recognize you, you're not taking any sheep out. That's why anyone who goes over the wall is a thief and a robber. Because someone's going to recognize or not recognize somebody else. So you have to go through the door. You have to go through the one shepherd. Look at John 10, 16. He says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. Oh, you even have other folds? I must bring them in also. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Now I want to place this in context. We talked about that in our Sunday morning class, placing things in context, not taking this to mean uh, what it doesn't mean. This doesn't mean, well, everybody's fine. That's not what this means. But there is a collective with God. There's a, a collective of sheep. And people come from different sources and different backgrounds. And he was probably referencing Jews and Gentiles. They didn't quite have that concept down yet. We sometimes are very exclusive. Oh, it's for us. And we don't recognize that God loves everybody. He says the sheep, many sheep. But we have seen the contrast of Jesus to thieves and robbers who do not plan to go in by the door. And there are people and there are those who would be shepherds that do not go through the door. They seek a different way. They would shepherd by other means. Those who would influence the sheep have one way to influence sheep. And that is the shepherd. They must reference Christ. I'm going to illustrate what that means in just a second as we go on. I want to talk about a man by the name of Matthew Henry. Because I want us to not just know about the door, I want us to know the door. So I'm going to read some quotes. Matthew Henry was a man, but um, he was what he, he called himself a nonconformist. Nonconformist. A couple hundred years ago in, in England, it would be what we would call non-denominational. He, non-denominational or non-conformist just meant you didn't want to be associated necessarily with the Church of England. You kind of, you could come from various backgrounds and, and be considered a non-conformist. Um, I'm going to read some quotes from some different men. And he spoke uh, on a subject. And, these are, and all these men were, were writers. Uh, he, he's got a lengthy um, commentary. He commented on Acts 2.38, which is there. And you can read that. I'm going to read his quote on this. He says, Take Jesus for your king, and by baptism swear allegiance to him. Take him for your prophet and hear him. Take him for your priest to make atonement for you, which seems peculiarly intended here. For they must be baptized in his name for the remission of sins upon the score of his righteousness. This is pressed upon every particular person, that is, each of you. Hmm. Interesting. Well, let's continue. Let's look at a different shepherd. You guys know that face. 
Martin Luther. He was Catholic and then Lutheran, though he didn't call it Lutheran. That was actually a nickname given to people, given by Catholics. But he eventually identified with, because he was excommunicated, something other than Catholic. But as a Catholic and as a Lutheran, I guess, he wrote this in his commentary um, on Galatians, again, written there. And this is what he had to say about this statement. might surprise you what he wrote. We have an idea of what Luther might have believed. And this is what he wrote. To put on Christ according to the gospel means to clothe oneself with righteousness, wisdom, power, life, and spirit of Christ. By nature we are clad in the garb of Adam. This garb, Paul says, is the old man. Before we can become like children of God, this old man must be put off, as Paul says. The garment of Adam must come off like soiled clothes. And of course it is not as simple as changing one's clothes, but God makes it simple. He clothes us with righteousness of Christ by being baptized. Catholic. Lutheran. Hmm. Interesting. Different shepherds. Different backgrounds. Let me read another one. This is Adam Clark. He was a Methodist. What does a Methodist have to say on the subject? Well, on uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21, again, you can read that up there. Uh, this is what Adam Clark wrote. Baptism implies a consecration and a dedication of the soul and body to God and Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He who is faithful to his baptismal covenant, taking God through Christ by the eternal Spirit for his portion, is saved here from his sins. A Methodist. Interesting. One more. I'm going to read this one. I had this in my library. I, I looked. I, I only had one of these. The rest of them are all digital. Who's that? Charles Spurgeon. He's a Baptist. I'm going to read a, a slightly lengthy portion. These are sermons of his. I'm only going to read uh, a portion of his conclusion of one sermon, which is, conveniently, the Sermon of the Good Shepherd, as we've been talking about. I'm going to read his conclusion. Uh, it's a little bit longer. He says, This is the way of salvation, and I believe he's quoting um, Mark 16, uh, 15 and 16. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. He that believes and is baptized, we omit nothing that God has said. He that believes and is baptized. It's not that he is, that is baptized and believes, because that would reverse God's order. But he that believes and is baptized. Not he that is baptized without believing, but the two joined together. He that believes with his heart and is baptized confesses with his mouth. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Do you neglect one part of it? It is to your peril. He that believes and is baptized says God. If any of you have neglected one portion, if you have believed and not been baptized, oh, God will save you? Still, this promise does not say so. He that believes and is baptized, it is the two together. 
And what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. What he has ordered, let no man disarrange. He that believes, that is, he that trusts in Jesus, he that relies upon his blood, his merits and his righteousness and is baptized, shall be saved. That's a Baptist. Many shepherds of different backgrounds have come to the same conclusions on things. That there is only one door, there is only one entrance. There's one source material. And that's what all these men recognized. Doesn't mean they're right about everything. Martin Luther believed in infant baptism. I assume some of them believed in sprinkling. They have different backgrounds. But they recognized one common fact. It is important that we recognize one source material. And so, First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 19 and 20 says, The wisdom of this world is folly with God, for it is written, He catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are futile. Well, this has a couple of concepts here. First of all, it's not a secular education. Those who would be shepherds, or those who are sheep and aspire for greater things, you will not find your answers in a secular education. I'm not saying that secular education isn't helpful in spiritual matters. I'm not saying it's not helpful in life. But that is not the door by which you will enter. The weight of impressive college degrees is exactly the weight of a piece of paper with God. It has virtually none. Well... There's lots of worldly wisdom and street smart. Again, the school of hard knocks is not the door by which one will enter. There's worldly wisdom and it's very practical and you might have learned a lot through your experiences and those experiences may help you. But they are not the door by which one will enter. There is one door and that is Christ. It may help you in a lot of scenarios. It may get you out of a lot of trouble. It may help you develop relationships with people. All these things are helpful. But the door is Christ. And we must not mistake it for anything else. Another passage, Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. It says, See to it that no one takes you captive by... Philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. And I, I like this passage because there's something sneaky in here. And he, he, he nails two groups with this that often are at odds with one another. One group loves new philosophies. They have new ideas and, and new world views. He says... See to it that, that no one takes you captive through that. 
That's not the door. And it can only lead you astray. There are a million places to be lost in this world. And there is only one door. New philosophies will not help me find the door. I'm just waving around trying to find something. Didn't say that doesn't have some interesting ideas that can be used in explaining things or whatever. But new philosophies will not help me through the door. Nor old traditions. Old traditions. He says, it's just deceit. We place our trust in, in things we've always, it's always been done this way. That is empty. Old traditions are not the door by which we will understand truth and gain access. Christ is the door. We look for so many things. But Christ is not summed up in any of these. We have been a part of the church for some time have a responsibility. We move out of the responsibility of simply being a sheep. God says eventually you need to influence other people. We have the goal as humans, and God has the goal for us as humans to get in the door. Get through Christ. And once you are there and stable, bring other people in. And both have the same responsibility to find access through the door. Whether it's me going through or me bringing other people through. Whether I am a sheep or a shepherd. Christ is the door. I have to be prepared to leave the keys with somebody else. There will come a time where I cannot be a shepherd. We're all on the same path in that regards. You ever think the future is scary? If I think the future is scary, then I bear some of the responsibility for that. If the future is scary, it's because I've not helped people to be ready to take my place. So who's, who should I be mad at? The next people that are going to take my place? No. My responsibility is to look in the mirror and say that as a shepherd, I have not looked at my responsibility. What have I invested my time in trying to get people to... to is it my... Need ideas? Is it what is it that I have invested in people? What have I spent time prioritizing and making sure that people leave with? What is my conversation about? If the future is scary, it's because I've been derelict in my duty as a shepherd. I have not emphasized and put a 
huge neon sign towards the door, which is Christ. And so as we leave, I just have a question. How close are you, sheep or shepherd? How close are you? Do you feel pretty close? Great. If you feel far away, well, there are shepherds. If you feel close, wonderful. That's even better. You're not far away. But the same lesson goes. Close is not close enough. There is a door. People from all backgrounds putting aside their own ideas, be they Methodists or be they Baptists and Catholics, people looking at the Scriptures have recognized the door. And they've said, this is the door. I've read some of them. Do you disagree with any statement that I read from those sources? I could have written them myself. How close are you? And all it requires is to get a little closer this morning.